crazy thing about when Sarah bowls is she either knocks everything down or she doesn't knock anything down. I don't want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it? That was a shame. It was kind of amazing, though, because you, you either hit, like, zero or you get a strike. It's amazing. No in between. So is that how you live your life, all or nothing? I live, I die, I bowl again. Howdy, all y'all podcast listeners. I'm Chris J. And I'm Sarah Abair. And you just heard a little audio snippet from our recent trip to Holiday Lanes. Uh, they are our title sponsor for our live events and podcasts for the year. So any live event you attend, any podcast you listen to in 2015, really was made possible by the support of Holiday Lanes. And we also went, not just because they're our sponsor, but also because we totally love that place. So thank you, Holiday Lanes. Obviously, it's a lot of fun to be there. This episode was recorded in September of 2014 and features storyteller Lucas Ridley. Yeah, our remarkable friend Lucas shared a story last year during our live storytelling event, Under the Influence. Um, from the moment that we play this next clip, you will understand why we had our suspicions that Lucas had a phenomenal story to share with y'all. His story begins very far away from the South. So when I was 16 years old, I went to Alaska to climb Mount McKinley, which is the tallest mountain in North America. And I'd never climbed a mountain that tall. It's 20,320 feet. And everyone on the expedition was taking a drug called Diamox. Um, and it's for acute mountain sickness, um, so which most everyone gets at that altitude. But my plans were, you know, I was 16 years old, my plans were, the rest of my life, I'm hoping to continue to mountain climb and climb mountains even taller. So this was like a testing ground for me uh, to figure out how, you know, I would hold up physically to the conditions. And I didn't want to numb that experience with this drug. I wanted to have, uh, you know, the knowledge of going through this, for lack of a better word, the, the purity of it, even if it risked, you know, kind of my safety and health, I'd rather have that knowledge and know that my body resisted the altitude than to go forward. And to me, it was kind of all even more riskier, you know, to like not really hear what your body's trying to tell you because it's, um, and it's not that I'm like anti-medicine or anything. You know, I have a Bachelor of Science and I'm all about scientific inquiry and, and medicine and, and vaccines and whatnot. But you know, it's the same reason why I don't drink coffee or take Advil if I don't have to, because I want to know what my body's trying to tell me. So Lucas did indeed summit Mount McKinley, and you can see a photo of that on our blog, allyallblog.com. Lucas basically thought that he'd become a better climber because he'd fully understand how his body could handle higher altitudes. That was a useful piece of insight that mattered a great deal a few years down the road when he was diagnosed with cancer specifically diffuse large B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphoma. When I was, when I was diagnosed, um, I had just been living in Shreveport for about three months maybe, maybe five months, because I had just gotten health insurance. So I'd been there for, for a few months, and, you know, there's no mountains to climb in Louisiana, and there's, you know, no hang gliding and rock climbing, all this other stuff I wanted to do, so I started running again. I started to get this same kind of pain that I had uh, in college and, and in high school was diagnosed multiple times by, I had three different pulmonologists 
call it, sports-induced asthma. And what was uncommon about it when I was diagnosed was the pain happened when I wasn't, it wasn't sports-induced. I was like at the grocery or sitting down eating dinner or something. And I had this severe pain in my side, like someone was stabbing me, you know, like I couldn't take a deep breath. My doctor initially told me to take, take Advil and I'm just getting older and you know, it's like his knees hurt. So he takes Advil's for those and you just getting old. And you know, keep in mind, I'm at the time I'm 28 years old, you know, like, um, so I thought maybe it's an, it is an inflammation thing. So I'm gonna take a month off of running and then I'm gonna start back. And if it's still there, then I'm gonna go back to the doctor and ask for a new kind of way to go forward, a new image, like we need to get some imaging done or something. So that's what happened. And uh, he said, he said, <laughs> um, my doctor told me that we won't find anything, but we can do a CT scan. And I said, great, let's do a CT scan. And um, I got a phone call. It took him two weeks to argue with the health insurance to even get that. And then I got a phone call like a week after that. And he said, I was wrong. We found two things. One was a granuloma on my lung, which I don't think is related to the chest pain. It was too small. And then the other thing was enlarged lymph nodes around my kidney. And, um, you know, whenever that happens, everyone's always like, oh, that could be all different kinds of things, you know, lymph nodes being swollen, but around your kidney, and if you Google that, like, like most things on the internet, it'll tell you you have cancer. <laughs> I personally can't imagine a Google diagnosis of cancer becoming true, but that is indeed what happened to Lucas. When he shared the story live with our audience at Under the Influence, he mentioned that he was incredibly grateful to be in Shreveport while going through chemo and that the care he received was amazing, but it did come with side effects that needed special attention. I would go in, into this room and I'd lay down for about six hours and they'd change out the IV bag. Uh, and I would just get these toxic chemicals pumped through my system. Um, and uh, they, they had their own fun side effects. Uh, you know, my fingertips were numb, like for months. I couldn't feel the ends of my fingertips. Like what I've, my whole life I'm like, have this like proud, I'm proud, I can, I know what's going on with my body. Like what the hell is my body trying to tell me my fingertips are numb? This is sick. This is crazy. My hair is falling out in the shower everywhere, not just on my head. And it's like, I, I, you feel like you're falling apart. <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> my mouth. Um, <laughs> I didn't cry when I was rehearsing this, by the way. <laughs> this is new. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Um, that was smart. Um, so the, the other little side effect was like, if you, if you ever found a battery, like an old battery that has battery acid on it, it's like green and crusty. Um, imagine popping that into your mouth and sucking on it like a Jolly Rancher. That's what my mouth tasted like. It was so acidic. I mean, like so much in my body is being killed off. Um, I'm going to get it under control here in a second. Um, um, so there's all these great side effects like that. And then you take drugs to help with those side effects. And those drugs have their own side effects. So I was taking like uh, three different pills for anti-nausea. And um, only one of them was kind of working. And um, it kind of just made you not want to throw up anymore. You, didn't, you weren't really like hungry. 
you know, I always had like this like thing in my throat where I was about to throw up and, um, man, this is crazy. I'm telling the story. <laughs> Sorry. I just had a little self-awareness there. Um, um, <laughs> um, so it wasn't until my grandmother called me, she lives in Kentucky and, uh, she's in her late seventies and, uh, and lives in a rural area of Kentucky. And, she called me up and was like, uh, Lucas, uh, let me, I'm going to find you some marijuana and I'm going to get it to you. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, 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 no, no. She's like, yeah, they sell around here somewhere. I'll get my van. I'll drive around. I'll find it and I'll get it to you. And she's not like she smokes. She has no clue what she's talking about. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. That is a felony. Like, do not send me drugs. Um, uh, <laughs> But it wasn't even really until that point, because, I mean, your life gets turned upside down where, I mean, yeah, like just super quick, the week. So that Monday I was told I had cancer. That Tuesday I got a PET scan. Then Wednesday I met my oncologist for the first time who explained what the hell was going on. And then Thursday I had a surgery where I had this thing put in my chest called a portacath that all the stuff would have to go through. And then they also got part of my bone marrow. And then Friday I was at the fertility clinic. And then Monday I was at the fertility clinic again. And then Tuesday I started chemo. So, like, in a week span, like, it's super crazy. It's not like, oh, in a month, we'll have an appointment. It's like, no, like, tomorrow. Like, you were going. Like, you got to get treated soon. So I didn't even have time to think about, like, oh, yeah, I guess, like, people smoke pot when they have cancer or something. Like, I never really took it seriously. But if your grandmother is trying to get you to smoke pot, maybe there's something to this. I think she probably saw on the news or something. But, um, so I was like, all right, I, I need to maybe look, at, look into this. So... I was like really, really reticent. I didn't really take it seriously. I mean, I had smoked pot before, but there's this thing called like a, a metaphorical cancer card, you know, you get when you have cancer. And I played it where like if I was in a group of people and I didn't really want to be there anymore, I didn't, I was pretty rude. I didn't say anything. I just like turned around and walked away. And the, that was me playing the cancer card in hopes of like, oh, he's got cancer. It's okay. Like he can, <laughs> he can like be super rude and do whatever. Um, so I just thought people were like, playing the cancer card like yeah fuck it you got cancer smoke pot smoke a ton of pot like you got cancer do whatever the hell you want to do but I didn't really I didn't really take it seriously as like a real uh, method of treatment for anything and I and I, let me just tell you I couldn't have been more wrong I was dead wrong about that and smoking marijuana absolutely saved my life because the way I look at it is you know, I, all of these crazy drugs and all of their crazy side effects that also help save my life. But what's the point of taking all that stuff if I don't have proper nutrition? If I can't even eat, I mean, that's fundamental to your health. What the hell's the point of taking all these other drugs if I can't even eat? Um, so I, so uh, <laughs> it got to the point, I tried to hide it at first. My mom would fly into town and cook and stuff. And I, the first time I tried to hide it from her, and then I was just like, yeah, I'm too tired for this. I'm just going to smoke in the den, and this is what it is. And it got to the point where she was, like, encouraging me to smoke. She would say, like, if you turn on the vaporizer, I'll turn on the oven. And um, <laughs> my mom's awesome. Um, this, is, this is the same mom, though, when I was growing up. They grounded my brother for like an eternity when he got caught smoking pot. And they, I, it wasn't even until I was in my mid-20s that I even know, knew that's what he got caught for. They wouldn't even tell me what happened. He was in so much trouble. 
and now she's encouraging to smoke, and she actually smoked with me. <laughs> yeah, and like, uh, it helped her. Like, you know, she's a mother of a, uh, you know, someone who has cancer. Like, she's super stressed out, you know, and um, it seriously helped her. The way she describes it, it's like, um, and she's a small business owner, and she has a lot of other things going on in her life, but it's like having a, a hamster in a wheel in your brain and you can't get off of the wheel and it just kind of helped her step off of that wheel for a second. Um, so it's been, a, not only did it save my life in that regard, but it's been an awesome bonding experience with my mom. And because and when you're, fa I mean, because when you're faced with death, it's like, this is just silly. Like this thing's illegal and it's helping me so much. Like it's saving my life. Like things get framed so differently when, you know, you're facing your own death. And, um, oh boy, <laughs> that's heavy. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, I guess I'll kind of, the last thing I'd say is to that point, well, the other things that helped me with, like, creatively, I was, I had a short film in the film festival here, and it helped me coming up with ideas for that. I, uh, 3D modeled and 3D printed a prototype for a device I'm getting patented that's going to hopefully help other cancer patients, um, and I, uh, thought of that after smoking, and, I also came to like, it's maybe hard to articulate and like, and I, I'm glad I have this kind of format to talk about it because this stuff is so taboo and it's so easy to marginalize any experience you have on a drug like this um, that it's like, oh, that's not a real experience or epiphany that you get like, oh, whatever. But I mean, it's real like, um, and it's not like I have to keep smoking to, to have those lessons that I learned. Um, I take those with me the rest of my life. Um, and one of them is, and it, like I said, it's maybe kind of hard to articulate um, and kind of heady or whatever, but I think it's very real that, uh, you know, we're, I feel like we're always waiting for permission to be happy. And, we, and when we grow up, we're taught, you know, um, ask for permission to get, even get up from the dinner table. When you turn 16, you get a permit to drive. And these are all good things that teach us all these good lessons, but we're never really taught how to be happy. And so we just kind of assume that we also need permission to be happy, and that's not the case. It's within us to make that choice to be happy. And so give that to yourself, you know? No one else is gonna give that to you. And so I had super cool experiences like that, um, <laughs> figuring out how to be happy. And uh, so the last thing I'd say is, um, you know, just keep an open mind about it. It's, a, it's kind of a still taboo thing to talk about, which I'm glad I have a format that I can just kind of casually talk about it. Because when people would ask me how I'm doing, which I tried not to be a dickhead and be like, hey, what the fuck do you think? I got cancer. Like, I'm doing pretty <laughs> shitty. Like, what? <laughs> don't ask me that. But I would say, I, I'd use it as an opportunity to be like, I'm actually doing really good. Uh, you know, I'm smoking quite a bit of marijuana, and it's really helping me. <laughs> But I, I wouldn't say it like under my breath or whatever. I would just say it with like I drank coffee this morning and now I'm a little more awake. Like it should just be, if it helps people medically, then it, you know, I'm not trying to get on a soapbox or anything right now, but it's kind of crazy. It's a schedule one drug, which means it has no medicinal value um, and it helps save my life. So thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the All Y'all Podcast. If you're listening to this through an iTunes store subscription, um, please go check out the actual blog post at allyallblog.com. We share some more news about Lucas's life, and he shares another powerful experience. Um, And I think that you're going to want to read it for yourself. We don't want to give too much away here, so read it at allyallblog.com. Uh, coming up in August is our next live storytelling event. We highly encourage you to buy tickets now. It is on the theme OMG, uh, which features some stories about religious and spiritual experiences or just stories that make you say, oh, my God. Um, and just a reminder, tickets can be bought at allyallblog.com slash tickets. And that event will be held on August 28th at St. Tare in Benton. If you like our page on Facebook, you're going to be receiving lots of exclusive news and updates about that event on August 28th. There are going to be some really special things happening at OMG. And once again, thanks for listening and we really appreciate you.